Welcome to the Untangle and Thrive podcast, where we talk about real problems, real clients, and real solutions. Now, here is your host, Angela McKinney. Well, hello, it's Angela McKinney. Welcome back to the Untangle and Thrive podcast. How is every how, how is everyone? Oh God, people. I am tired on this Monday. I have been working and working and working. Do you hear it? <laughs> Do you hear the victim? Oh, my life is so busy. Oh, yeah, I can really um, get enslaved to that victim structure that I talk a lot about. That feels like we're busy, 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 and there's no time. and. We're going, 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 and we're just, really? (laughs) Right? I read something where, you know, a busy heart, um, a busy life is a dead heart. I thought that was really beautiful. And I think the addiction to busyness and the addiction to chaos really does constrict our hearts when you think about it, right? So today, I thought I would talk a little bit and teach you a little bit about boundaries and how to build uh, interpersonal relationship to boundaries. And why are boundaries so, so difficult for so many people? I thought that's what would make a good topic of conversation today. (laughs) That could be boundaries with a family member. That could be social media boundaries. That could be boundaries around your self-care, right? Getting out of this go, 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 rush cycle, overwhelm cycles, chaotic cycles. Why do we stay in chaotic, overwhelming cycles, people? Why do we stay in a chaotic, disorganized system? Because some part of our system is getting stabilized in it. I want you to hear that again. Why do we stay in overwhelming, chaotic cycles? Why do we stay? Why don't we get out? Because some part of our system is getting stabilized. And our system, okay, hear me out for a second. Our system stays in the most dominant, efficient system that creates stability. And if stepping out of chaos, if asking for your boundaries somehow feels dangerous, okay, that if by doing that, someone might come unglued or unhinged or fall apart, well, we really struggle to do it. And most of us aren't even conscious enough to to kind of untangle it, to do it anyway. And so that's what I want to show you today and use some examples with some recent clients uh, where we got this thread. And I always call this thread, the thread is so powerful to get into our unconscious relationship because once we can put our fingertips, right, our little fingertips on the thread, we can start to shape it and we can start to pull it. (laughs) We can start to weave it into a new rhythm, into more threading of something else, right? Integrated into our system more resourcefully. And so that's what we want to do. And boundaries give us an opportunity 
to dip into our bodies and dip into this unconscious experience that we're having by by not doing it or by yeah by doing it that we're having <laughs> that we're not aware of so that we can start to weave ourselves into a boundary experience that doesn't feel so triggering they don't it doesn't feel so rigid and black and white and aggressive you know so often the ones of us that have really abandoned boundaries right because we feel guilty or we feel like it's our responsibility to take care of these people to be nice to be the good person to be we martyr ourselves to death and we wonder why it's so hard to have a boundary and so what will happen often is we'll scream <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll engage in some horrific like aggression okay because we can't take it anymore we can't take it anymore so instead of you know working resourcefully with it what happens is we we scream for the raise we we demand the better office space right or we we act out and then we don't get what we're wanting and then we feel riddled with shame and horror at our own our own behavior so we shut it up and go backwards and, and get small again invisible again we hide again so boundaries really when you think about it boundaries are a key to kind of getting us more seen in our in our relational life they offer us a key to kind of open up a little door for someone to see us and our desires and our longings and our needs more accurately. They're not bad boundaries. And if you have this horrible experience, like, I hate boundaries. Ugh, ugh, like, <laughs> if, you, if you kind of are at war with boundaries, well, people, you want to befriend them. You want to see them differently. We want to convert these unconscious wars where we're like, oh, I can't do it. I hate it. And I'm just going to suck it up. You know, we want to we want to interrupt these unconscious wars to get curious with what if I have a boundary with my sister? What if I ask my sister um, to partner with my agreements and have a boundary with her? What do I imagine is going to happen if I do it in a nice way? And I position in a way where I'm really resonating with my needs. I'm not attacking her. I'm not, it's not about her. It's about what I'm needing to optimize or improve this relationship I have with her. Right? So when you think about it, boundaries absolutely are critical with having a healthy relationship with someone. When we don't have them often, or when we don't feel empowered to be able to express them or meet them or even locate them, then we're in resentment. We're, we're half dead, right? We're, or we are dead. We're, um, we're not alive. We're not really present. We're not getting vibrantly seen. So what needs to happen with, with two clients I just recently worked with, which were about boundaries? actually three, um, each person had a similar unconscious experience. One was kind of like, why am I co-signing the chaos? I don't understand why my life is so chaotic. She has a huge life. They, there could be a lot of stillness in her life. So why is she 
available to be in go, 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 just sort of this, this dance of busyness that has her ping-ponging all over the place. And as she dug into it a little bit, she got access that if she stepped out of it, her husband may not like it. He may not do very well. And oh, by the way, her husband's fine. <laughs> he's like a very powerful big guy. Like he's, he's going to be fine. But it doesn't matter. There's no logical sense to this, people. When your body is feeling threatened or triggered to do something, it will not do it, period, end of story. <laughs> I feel like I've drilled that one in, right? Um, so if her body's going, huh, I, I don't get, I have to, staying in the chaos is going to safeguard my husband. So the chaos is attempting to solve her problem, which is she wants safety. She wants stability, right? She's given up a lot here. She's making a lot of assumptions, right? And she's really filtering from a very distorted view of the world. Her unconscious threat always distorts our, our viewpoint of the world because it's a visceral experience. It's not an expanded, connected experience. It's a viscerally constricted experience of unconscious threat. So I said to her, boom, we just found the thread. She's what, what, found the thread? I said, well, yeah, there's the thread, right? The thread of if I step out of the chaos, something bad is gonna happen to my husband. So I need you to really explore what's real about that, what's true about that. Don't close the door quickly here. Keep opening it up and pushing out and exploring and really challenging it. So for her, the boundary was getting more clear with an academic goal. She's abandoned this for, for I don't know how long, for years and years and years. She's just sh shoved it on the shelf, right? So the boundary was deciding that this is something she, her soul really needs to do. It wants to go back to school. And because of this unconscious threat that if she pushes over there and does something that she wants to do, attunes to her soul on this deeper level, that her system is going to get thwarted. Danger may happen. Okay? So there's an example of a boundary. And there's an example of a boundary in the sense of a relational boundary of not having one, not asserting one's desire to accomplish something. So as she has gotten safe and sort of stabilized with this unknown that maybe that will happen and guess what, maybe not. That's kind of what we, we need, that stabilizing floor of okayness, neutrality. Maybe he'll come unraveled and maybe he won't. We just don't know. We have to start getting ourselves into this not knowing state, not assuming, not viscerally hiding out in our experience of what possibly could happen, but really learning to check it out. So as she's checking it out, more will be revealed. As she starts to mobilize and get excited about going to school, we're gonna see, we're gonna learn more in the process. She also has this threat that if she comes out of the chaos, she might not like something she sees in her husband. There's another reason she's staying in the height. It, it creates a, a, a denial system, possibly. But again, really, do we know it to be true? She might like him more 
if she's meeting her needs in healthier ways, maybe she sees he's meeting her needs in ways that she really can appreciate more. So attuning to our needs is a form of boundaries. Putting language on that attunement is what is the, you know, is what is the term of a boundary. But the attuning part comes first, the digging in and understanding what it is we're needing or what we're frightened of, but we still need to proceed because we need to check it out. We need to engage it with more, with more presence. So I had another call with a sister if with sisters to a sister issue and again the um enmeshment the codependency the 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 person i was talking to feeling um guilty because they have needed the relationship and in ways that haven't been helpful she didn't get the resources she needed to thrive and be well she sort of brought in, hijacked her sister, and her sister feels victimized because her sister's given up so much of her life. And there's this whole victim authoritarian sort of system in play. So everything's inflamed and reactive and right, angry and aggressive and wounded and hurt and all this complication. And that's typically what happens when we don't know how to tune to our needs, get the resources we need in healthy ways. We start, we, you know, efficiently, we just get it wherever we can to help us stabilize. And we're not bad for this. But at some point, we want to get more resourceful and adaptive. And boundaries help us do that. So we explored about, we explored several boundaries. Uh, today and the fear of forming those boundaries into a voice, into an expression, again, is threatening for my client. And so, is the client going to do something that feels so threatening? Eh, not until they get some toleration for it, not until they get their feet underneath it and can start tolerating it. They won't do it. We just don't do this. Most of us, 90% of us are just avo pain avoidant people. <laughs> Any perceived thing, experience of pain, we're gonna push it off. My hope here is that we're addressing the unconscious pain. So her, on, her sister unconscious pain was, my sister has issues and my sister has had a lot of problems in her life. And something bad really might happen to my sister if I say, you know, honey, I love you, but I can't do this anymore. I can't have you doing this anymore with my kids. I've got to have you do, I need to partner with you like this. I need us to have more structure, more organization with our relationship, right? If she can't find those, if she can't find that to be safe enough for her system, it's going to be really hard for her to um, to execute, right? And what came up was the the terror that if she uh, interrupts the system, this unconscious stabilizing system, um, that something bad will happen to her sister. And I said, well, guess what? Do we know that? No. Do we want to tune into that though? Do we want a language that that's a fear? Do we want to be very sensitive that that could be possible and, and that's a fear you worry about with her and you want to make sure she feels safe, that she does have support, that she's not losing you. And this is, doesn't have to be a triggering event. Actually bring you guys closer together. And then she started to get access to a possibility 
that the boundary what was being experienced as guilty and heavy and complicated and triggering all of a sudden we gave gave her an invitation to go you know what i can shape this i can bring her in i can let her see me that this isn't about her this is about me this is me repairing the past. This is me saying, you know what? I needed help and it was wrong of me to kind of need you so much. And I'm sorry. And if you feel like you gave up your life because of that, I, I am sorry. It's about a time of moving into forgiveness, not guilt, right? Guilt is just this kind of horrible cocktail that keeps us sort of in the old system. But forgiveness, forgiving the part of her that didn't have the resources and did the best she could, forgiving her sister for being angry and upset that, that, that her needs aren't getting met either, the two of them are upset and unhappy, that the, the, the space of a boundary can really create healing, can really open up our hearts to love more to love our life more, right? And when we love our life more, we love our relationships more. You know, and then there's those boundaries where you just have to circle them off like electric fences. <laughs> and I have a lot of clients who need help. One, identifying what those behaviors are that need to become dangerous. So the compulsive picking up that phone call to call that one person, right? That needs to be an electric fence. That's a boundary to keep you from engaging in an action that creates suffering. Uh, it could be drinking alcohol, right? Could become an electric fence. That, that your relationship to drinking is dangerous. And I always put that dangerous relationship of a boundary in my left hand. It's to, to circle off, to protect myself, and to force myself to access more resources to connect in a healthier way. So if it's drinking, right, the, the opposite of picking the drink up would be to pick up a phone call, to pick up a meeting, to pick up a, a walk, to pick up, you know, a dog, take care of a plant, go move and do something to feel the connection you're craving and wanting in your system. So that's another way I work with boundaries. And, and when we see them as electric fences and we let our body start to differentiate and be like, oh. That one's, that one's dangerous. Oh, this one's good. This one great, brings me pleasure. <gasps> that one's dangerous. This one's good. This one will safeguard me. And we start to pull them out. We have a lot more mastery and empowerment in, in choice selection. And that always feels good. That creates efficiency. And that feels good when we're creating efficient, resourceful systems. All right, people. So that's my talk on boundaries. I hope everyone is having a great Monday and I will be with you next week. Have a good one. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out our life skills programs. We take these creative life skills and integrate them into a practice. Check out the details at www.untangleandthrive.com slash program.